It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Janice Dean. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, May 23rd, 2022. I'm Eben Brown. A top Chinese military strategist posts online criticism of Russia's war, only to have it taken down. So what does China really think about what Russia is doing? Ukraine has demonstrated a sense of nationalism, a willingness to resist. Does that port over to maybe Taiwan? If you're the Chinese, you can analyze these. You can come up with pretty honest answers and have a discussion on that without going into the broader policy issue of, yes, so Russia's bad and we shouldn't support them. This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. It didn't take very long for an opinion essay written by one of China's most respected military tacticians to be removed from WeChat, a popular Chinese social media network. In it, Gong Fangbin, a retired professor from the People's Liberation Army National Defense University, stated Russia is making mistakes by ignoring diplomatic overtures and has exposed its own military weaknesses with its prolonged war in Ukraine, that before this war, no one would have dared fight the world's second strongest army. Such summations of Russia's war effort are not in accordance with Beijing's policies towards it. So I think that the Chinese have a couple of different positions regarding the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, First, we have a broad national policy point, and that is pretty clear. The Chinese are not going to criticize Russia openly. They're not going to say this is somehow illegal. They're certainly not going to join Western sanctions. Dean Chang is a senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation's Asian Studies Center and the Davis Institute for National Security and Foreign Policy. They use the term special military operation as well. They've been very clear about hedging on, well, isn't this a violation of Ukrainian sovereignty, etc.? You know, the Chinese basically say that's really not the point. Um, that's distinct from more internal analyses of what went wrong, how, you know, how is this going, etc. Because, as you said, no one can look at this and say, wow, the Russians are doing really well. So I think the Chinese are trying to analyze this for several things. One, the Russians, who have more military experience, more recent military experience than the Chinese do, uh, Georgia, Syria, etc., how did they screw this up? Uh, we, the Chinese, have been exercising with the Russians. What lessons are, did we think we learn, and are they applicable? Um, Ukraine has demonstrated a sense of nationalism, a willingness to resist. Does that port over to maybe Taiwan? Um, so these are, so you can, if you're the Chinese, you can analyze these, you can come up with pretty honest answers and have a discussion on that without going into the broader policy issue of, yeah, so, so Russia's bad and we shouldn't support them, right? No. So that, that's off limits. Um, so I think that that's what we're seeing here. So I think what you saw from their NDU, their National Defense University, was a military assessment of the Russians are not performing very well. What are they screwing up? What are the 
I don't know if there's a good way to ask this question or a good way to answer it, but what do you think from your own uh, estimations uh, are the internal discussions that China's leadership is having with regard to the progress or lack of progress of Russia's uh, invasion? Because their semi-alliance or their, their, their tolerance of Russia's actions might come back to them in ways they wouldn't they wouldn't want it to do so what do you think those conversations are like among the upper echelons uh in china both either in the government or the military uh or or both for that matter so when the invasion began uh revealingly the chinese central propaganda department apparently sent out a directive that said to all chinese media do not publicly criticize russia use the term special military operation because we may need russian support political support um, if and when we have to move against Taiwan. So right there is a very interesting, telling statement that the Chinese are looking way down the field, way down the game to say, hey, we're going to need Russian political support if we have to do something like this. So that's clearly one thing that they are focused on. I think that there is a big question about how did the West respond how did it respond so quickly to impose major financial sanctions? How effective are those sanctions? And what do we, China, have to do to prevent those sanctions from having an impact on China? So I think that one of the things that's going to emerge from this is a Chinese international financial transaction network that is going to try and displace SWIFT, that is going to actively try and make sure that Chinese trade occurs with the renminbi, not with the dollar. I think a third thing that they are looking at is, okay, what equipment works, what equipment doesn't work, and why? Um, now that the ground is hardening, now that the mud is receding, now that the, uh, you know, uh, the spring rains have, have uh, gone away in Ukraine, will the Russian military do better uh, if they basically just go back to old Russian tactics of lining up artillery hub to hub and just blasting everything for a mile or two long corridor in front of them? If that works, that will tell the Chinese something. If that still doesn't work against the Ukrainians, that's going to be an important lesson learned. That's one of the things that the Chinese have done with every foreign war. Uh, we find evidence of this dating back to our first Gulf War back in 1990. They carefully analyze other people's wars. They're pretty honest in saying what works and what doesn't. Uh, it's not really ideological. And then they incorporate those lessons into how their own military trains, into their own doctrine, and into their own weapons acquisition. You've been listening to Dean Chang of the Heritage Foundation on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. We will have more with Dean straight ahead. You mentioned uh, Taiwan and a possibility that China would, should, should China want to conduct its own, dare we say, special military operation? Uh, the, uh, they will have used some lessons here from Russia's attempt in Ukraine. Uh, at the same time, we've heard uh, during his trip to Asia, the uh, president Joe Biden come out and say that we, the United States would defend Taiwan. That's a, that's a, a, a marked shift in the rhetoric of U.S. policy. I think we have, uh, in the past have expressed our support for Taiwan and the Taiwanese people. We have expressed uh, the ability or the desire to help help them defend themselves in terms of arming arming them, uh, providing uh, uh, aid and in whatnot. But to say that we would actively be the defenders of Taiwan, 
I think is a, a, a major shift, and that has to ratchet up uh, some tempers and some rhetoric, I would think. Absolutely. And unfortunately, um, this is not the first time that Joe Biden, but only Joe Biden, has raised this prospect. This is like the second or third time he's come out and said, of course, we'll defend Taiwan. And each time, uh, like today, the rest of the White House is scrambling to say what the president meant to say was not what you heard. Um, And that has got to not only ratchet up tension, but also leave the Chinese confused in a very bad way. Because are the Chinese going to see this as a potential shift in U.S. policy, in which case maybe the clock is ticking? Are they going to see this as a president who really doesn't understand what American policy is, which is going to undermine our credibility? Or does this reflect some kind of debate within our White House and executive branch writ large, in which case is now the time to strike while the Americans are confused? Um, no good comes out of both opening a can of worms and then suddenly saying that can of worms doesn't even exist. Uh, and to do it internationally, I mean, he didn't do this during a press conference talking about, you know, gas leases in Alaska. He did this in Asia alongside key allies. I mean, you have to be wondering, what are they thinking in Tokyo? What are they thinking in Seoul? As well as what are they thinking in Beijing and Moscow? Well, that, that's my my other big question here is that this was this statement was made while the president was overseas, uh, away from the White House. This wasn't said at the White House press off a press room or anything like that. It wasn't said during a an address to the Congress or whatnot. He said this overseas, essentially in in in, in China's part of the world, uh, and that that has to hit a little harder uh, than if it were said while he was still in the United States, even though in this in this stage of human history, you know, people can argue it doesn't matter where you are because we're all connected and everyone hears everything instantly. It it does make a difference that he said this in Asia, standing in Asia. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It matters. When President Obama reiterated a very long standing American position and said, you know, America's defense commitment to Japan includes territories under its administrative control, which everyone understood to mean the Senkakus. The Chinese sat up and took notice for two reasons. One, it was the president of the United States who said it, and he said it in Tokyo. Now we have President Biden issuing a radical alteration in U.S. policy. His staff immediately walking it back saying, oh, no, this is exactly what we've always believed in, which is um, not true. And doing so in Asia. So absolutely. Beijing is going to be, you know, noodling on this one for a while. And like I said, so is Tokyo. So is Seoul. So is Taipei. All right. Dean Chang, Senior Research Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. Thank you once again for being with us on the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.